2: Good morning, Lee. Howdy there, Tara. This survey, wow. I mean, just wow. Look, I've been on this for a while, and I've been telling parents if you've got that high schooler who's in that mode of, I, I don't know what I want to be, I don't want to know what I want to do, which is fine for that age. I mean, you, most of us don't. And your solution right now for them is, well, do what I do, did go to college, figure it out, spend four years. Well, you can come out of there with 100,000 debt unless you're you know you could somehow cash pay through there right i'm 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 telling you this sounds nuts right now 10 years from now you may be not only still struggling to pay off that debt you may be hiding the fact that you have a degree when you apply because it could it could hurt you that is where we are that's the big bottom line for the survey I don't know if You heard about it, Lee. People buzzing about this a lot. Um, What it is, uh, there's a group called Intelligent. They surveyed 800 U.S. managers. I I did part of this in the last segment. There's more to it. The takeaway everybody's raving about right now is that 21% of these Gen Zers brought a parent to their interview.
3: Yeah, I heard you mention that. That's I'm I'm I, just, I find that funny and, and sad at the same time. But it's just it's funny. You got to be kidding me.
2: What would I mean? I know you love your kids. You're a great dad. Yes. But if you're like your daughter, say your youngest, right, who's finding her way into the right. world right now, if she said, um, "Hey, dad." I got an interview this week. Would you come with me? What, what would you say?
3: I'd say, what's wrong with you? She is a strong, intelligent, <laughs> independent young woman that I, I would say, there's got to be something going on if you want me to show up with you. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. That's not going to happen.
2: I mean, to me, this is the commentary as much on the parents as it is on the yes, kids.
3: Yes, 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 exactly. hey,
2: yeah. anyway, back when I was applying for a job, even if I didn't have a car, right, like I needed mom or dad to drop me off, I would have been so mortified by that fact. I would have had them drop me like a block away, right? And I would have walked in. Yeah. I would never let them see me get dropped off by my parents. Yeah,
3: every one of my kids have independently gotten every job they've ever gotten. Yes, period.
2: me too. I'd, every single one of them. I started off working in Eckerd's. I was a cashier. It was my first job. I went and applied myself. I drove there. Yeah. yeah. Like it would have never dawned on me to take mom or dad. No. Now here's the top line, okay? So that, that's what everyone's buzzing about. But listen to what they're really saying. College, recent college graduates are failing at job interviews. To the point that being a recent college graduate hurts you in the job market over people who are not. This is the second survey we've seen, big one, in the last week saying this. The respondents reported, again, they're all managers, 800 of them, that Gen Z candidates struggle to pick up on professional cues. 39% of employers now favor hiring older candidates period, whether they're college-educated or not over recent college grads. 60% of employers said they're willing to offer more benefits, pay higher salaries to attract older workers, as in older than Gen Z, okay, not necessarily elderly. Um, A number of recent college grads are failing at job interviews. 48% of employers uh, say they're they're even offering remote hybrid positions to older employees because they're so coveted now. Listen to this. 20% of employers say recent college grads are generally unprepared when it comes to interviewing for a job. Half of employers say Gen Z candidates struggle the most with eye contact. Um, They ask for unreasonable salaries. They dress inappropriately for in-person interviews. This is more than half of employers. 60% of employers found that Gen Z employees are frequently late to work. Um... Even virtual interviews are problematic for Gen Z. 21% of employers say some of the candidates refuse to turn on their cameras. 20%, like I said, have had a recent college grad bring a parent to the interview. Um, But, and listen to this. Two in three, this is, so that's about 63% of employers say Gen Z employees are unable to manage their workloads. 60% say they frequently are late to work, often miss assignment deadlines. Now here's where this gets interesting to me. Sixty-three percent of employers consider Gen Z employees to be entitled. They get fifty-eight percent say they get offended too easily. They are trained to do that in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you're yeah. not offended easily, you're not woke. And you're not a good person. Yes, in public school too. Yeah, you're right. Um, this is a problem. Now here's what's interesting. Uh 62% of these managers say culture is the primary reason by why recent college grads are unprepared. Mm-hmm. Half of the managers blame parents. 48% said the COVID pandemic is a culprit and 46% said educators are the root of the problem, just like you just said, Lee, college and yeah, regular. Well, I'm I'm
3: sp- as, as critical as you know I am mm-hmm. about the government role in the whole pandemic thing, I'm tired of hearing the pandemic being blamed for everything. It, yeah. it was a, a symptom of a far greater disease in our culture, and it is accountability. And the, Sadly, we are bringing up a culture of, of young adults that live in a social media and academic bubble that has
2: nothing at all
3: to do with reality.
2: I don't, um, yeah. Uh, text to rights. Hey, Tira, I love how you talk about Gen Z kids needing mommy and daddy on job interviews and schools today are being closed for high winds. Uh, text to um uh, There was another great one in here. Um, oh, darn. Oh, here it is. Okay. Uh, My father and husband work for a funeral company where a woman was hired that doesn't handle authority or instructions well at all. She treats everyone like garbage, wants to come and go as she pleases. And during her interview, she had her husband sit beside her the entire hour. This is the generation coming in. Bosses feel their hands are tied, just want to leave her on her own. Because they can't deal with her. Yeah. You know what's interesting about that? Um, I've been talking in a conversation that I had with our one of our managers here, a person who is an incredibly talented salesperson, and she was saying she doesn't she she's struggling to get the most out of her sales staff mm-hmm. because she can't coach them because even the mildest like feedback, yeah, not anger, criticism, like, even the minor feedback, right. she's afraid they'll quit. Yeah. They Uh, can't handle it.
3: Criticism is considered hate speech. Yeah. I mean, constructive criticism.
2: I had an editor who may be listening now. His name is Tucker. Uh, And it's okay if he is. He was brutal. Mm -hmm. He brought me to tears. I would go home and tears, but I never let him see me cry. No. Damn if I was letting him see me cry. (laughs) He probably is finding out right now, right? I actually walked into his office. I wanted to call him, right? I wanted to write a column. He laughed at me and said, Oh, all women your age write about is their boyfriends anyway. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That'd be, that would be a lawsuit these days, wouldn't it? I know. And I was like, I don't even have a boyfriend because <laughs> I didn't. All I did was work for him. Yeah, exactly. You didn't and have time for that. Anyway, I eventually won more column writing awards than he had. But you know why? Because I had that burn. I was so yeah. angry. He made me really good at my job because I knew I had to turn everything into him. Mm-hmm. Boy, I hated that guy. I was going to prove him wrong. You can still see. I still get mad talking about it. Did I quit? I would have never dawned on me. I was going to prove him wrong, and I did. I, end, I walked out of that place a really, really good reporter compared to how I started uh, with the nose for news. I still use things he taught me, as little as I liked him during that time. Um, I use them today. And I walked out of there with a wall full of investigative reporting awards that we won together. And I hated him. <laughs> did that fades with time yeah I, I, I respect him now i've had managers
3: but, that i didn't like yeah personally but realized you know I, i'm learning something here there's there's you know how you go about motivating maybe it was how he did it or how he shouldn't have done it but yeah. but still you know keeping your eye on the goal and you know like i said i i've i've learned a lot from folks that i really didn't like all that much but have a tremendous amount of respect for
2: Yeah, that's what happens. Well, that kind of coaching today where, you know, I mean, you walk in and, you know, he would he would put our competitors news report on my keyboard and circle stuff that I didn't know or hadn't reported. So I could see it, you know, which is just a form of humiliation. Like you couldn't do that today. Like there's no way. And he was just poking me, you know. But, I mean, there's, they'd, they'd cry, quit. Mom and dad would come in. I mean, I can't even imagine t- if I said to my husband, Lee, hey, I got a job interview. Will you come with me? He'd be like, what is wrong with you? Are you okay? Just, just, <sighs> Texter writes, my Jersey boss has made me the strong woman I am today. It's okay to cry, but only at home where they can't see you. Okay, okay. A, a lot of you texted me about this. Why aren't you, Tara? You're hiding this. I had nothing from you. You're hiding that tr- Trump is a pedophile. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. Uh, He's all up in Epstein's business. Now a girl who says Yeah, okay. Um, no, I I just get to things in due time. In fact, I waited till till a higher listening hour to cover it. I'm doing it right now. Um, here's, here's what this is, okay? If you saw the headlines, and they will be recycled as campaign commercials, and they'll be just as much of a lie then as they are now. Here's what happened. Okay, gotta go back to 2016. There's a woman by the name of Sarah Ransom. Sarah Ransom, um, was going back and forth with the New York Post reporter, claiming she had Epstein-related sex tapes involving Half a dozen prominent people, including Donald Trump, Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew and Sir Richard Branson. Okay, Um, and so they're starting to write stories about this. And she says she had a friend who, through Epstein, played the piano with Donald Trump, in some cases, roughly, is the story. And so the media is running with that. Oh, it's in the Epstein docs that just came out from this court case. Oh, it's just released on Friday. Scandal, scandal. Sc- Go back in the archives, of the New York Post, the New York Daily News. Same story, same girl. Four years ago. Wait, this has been covered? Oh, yeah. It's old news. Why? Oh, it's debunked. Debunked? Why are they treating it like it's new? Because they're liars. They want the hits and clicks, too. So what is happening is the story is running. There's a girl named Sarah Ransom. She had a good friend who's a, um, well, okay, she herself is an Epstein victim. She's not claiming that she played the piano with these men. She's saying another Epstein victim that she knows did. One of the guys was Donald Trump. He extensively was involved with these women, blah, blah. Oh, and she says she has tapes of all of it. Of the actual piano playing with Trump, Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew, and Sir Richard Branson. Okay. What these media outlets are burying is the part where she retracted it all. (laughs) Oops. Notice that's not in the headlines. There's a reason for that. But that was in 2016 when when she spread that out there. In 2019, she retracted her claims according to the New Yorker, which reported it at the time. That she admitted to, quote, having invented the tapes to draw attention to Epstein's behavior and to make him believe that she had evidence that would come out if he harmed me. Now, that part's interesting. It's women walking around thinking they might be harmed when the Justice Department has let this lunatic out after cutting a non-prosecution deal with him. His victims are still so afraid of him. He's out there running around. Um, that, that's the story. Anyway, multiple news outlets, actually mostly all of them actually, ran with old and retracted news on Mondays. Not only old, it's been retracted. Uh, So what Sarah, the Sarah Ransom, she's an Epstein victim herself, said was that Donald Trump played piano with many girls, many girls, that's what she says in the email to the New York Post, many girls, She claimed um, and she also claimed uh, that Epstein had tapes of Branson, Richard Branson, Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, of course, Trump. Again, she would later say when they pushed her, hey, okay, well, give us the tapes. She couldn't do it. She retracted all of her claims, telling Callahan, the reporter, she wanted to walk away from this, citing fears for her family. This is so stinking old, y'all. Ransom first walked back her allegations about Trump, Clinton, Branson, and Prince Andrew in 2016. So I guess I figure you just don't know that. Uh, that was with the New York Post column is saying, quote, I would like to retract everything I have said to you and walk away from this. Now, Trump was a good friend of Epstein. I have a hard time believing Trump didn't know what Epstein was up to. You think Epstein didn't offer him the same deal the other guys got? We learned in court, in the court case, that it was a blackmail operation. That was the big news yesterday, by the way. I think I didn't make enough of it. That we finally had a line in one of these court documents saying, look, Epstein wasn't doing this for money. He was doing it for blackmail. He has blackmailed prime ministers, U.S. presidents, People whose names you would know. Now that is news, right? So you got to think there's no way he doesn't offer these women to Trump, who, by the way, would later kick Epstein out of Mar-a-Lago for hitting on an underage girl after one of his patrons, you know, his dad, complained. So that part of the story to me, I got questions. Not gonna lie to you. I mean, how do you hang around this guy for 20 years? You don't have an inkling of what's going on. I mean, there's no way. There's a, come on. There's a bed on the Lolita Express. He flew on it. But I don't have any evidence. And the media is lying to you today. They don't either. Now, I hope there aren't really tapes and they show up during an election, but I would think they would have used them in 2016 if they existed. I I can't imagine they wouldn't have. With the Clintons involved and the kind of access they had to the Epsteins, the kind of access they had to Jelaine Maxwell. You mean you tell me they couldn't get those tapes in 2016? Yeah, they could have. I would think they'd get them if if they had them. So, bottom line, this is all a bunch of hokum-pokum, just silly stuff. In fact, investigative reporter Vicki Ward, who used to work for Vanity Fair, actually did a video on her Twitter feed saying, look, this is old and retracted news from four to eight years ago. It's fake. Sarah Ransom has since said she doesn't have tapes. She doesn't know of anybody having relations with Trump. Oh, here's the other thing. Nowhere in any of this, including her initial fake emails, does she say the girls that Trump allegedly was with were underage. That's nowhere either. So there's kind of a question mark there, but she does not say they were underage. In fact, in several times she refers to them as women. So look, we know Trump's a dog in terms of women. I mean, come on, we knew that when we elected him in 2016. That, we knew that going in, so... Anyway, Vicki Ward, investigative reporter, of Vanity Fair, says, quote, ignore the salacious headlines about Clinton and Trump. It's old retracted news. I hate when the media does this. It's so dishonest.
4: I've spent more time in uh, the uh, Bethel AME Church in Wilmington, Delaware, than I have uh, than most people I know black or white have spent in that church. Because that's why I started a civil... No, I'm serious. I started a civil rights movement.
3: I started the civil rights movement. I'm sorry, Joe X, you didn't start the civil rights movement. And the very idea, can you imagine going into a black church and saying, I've been, I've spent more, more time, time than, than, you have. than blacks or whites in the, in a, a he, church that's not part of his he, denomination. Isn't he Catholic? Yeah, this is crazy. I mean, this is a guy who fraternized with Robert Byrd, okay? The, the grand cyclops what? of the Ku Klux <laughs> no, Klan. I, You know why this is happening. Trump is at 22% with African-Americans. He got 6% of that vote last time.
2: (sighs) Okay, you want to have fun? Let's play a game. Who's a bigger liar? Joe Biden or Nikki Haley? That's tough. First up, Joe Biden. (laughs) Robert Byrd, Grand Cyclops of the KKK. You cannot make this up. Kicks the bucket in 2010, and the world is better off for it. He was a Democrat, a Senator, and a Grand Cyclops. So, you know, a triple whammy. World's better off without him. But Joe Biden missed him no, and he gave the eulogy for Byrd. You're thinking, when was this, like 1963? No, that was 2010. Today... His unmitigated goal to say he started, he, Joe, started the civil rights movement. I, I bet you like Malcolm X and MLK's family would have like a thing or two to say about that. Can you imagine if anyone on our side says something like this? Oh my god, it would be over. I, I just, here's the whole clip, okay? He claimed this Bethel AME church, okay, he's told this lie before. They were really actually were very instrumental, the church, not Joe in the civil rights movement did a lot of the early marching stuff like that it's very famous for that he's been claiming he went there like attended church it's a black church I say so the mainstream media a couple years ago went and checked this and they were like we don't ever we never saw him here he didn't march with us we don't know who he is but that doesn't matter so now it's gone from i went to the church to know me i i joe the white dude founded the civil rights movement at the church that doesn't remember me now you're probably thinking well isn't he catholic and also puerto rican remember that he's puerto rican too he's actually not he made that up as well how would you, how do you go to a catholic he says he went to catholic church first at ten thirty. and then he went to ame bethel ame where he of course founded the civil rights movement y'all folks these people are a joke how can we not beat them like a drum how do we lose to this? Listen to this mess.
4: I've spent more time in uh, the uh, Bethel AME Church in Wilmington, Delaware, than I have, uh, than most people I know black or white have spent in that church. Because that's why I started. No, I'm serious. I started a civil rights movement. I used to go to 730 Mass. Then I'd go to 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock service with the Reverend who was then running the church, is now the bishop.
2: She's a bishop. She's talking about the Reverend of the church. He can't even remember her name because he didn't go there. They said he was never there. They never saw him if he was. he kind of stick out, pale white guy. Listen to this again. This is the key bit. I started the Civil Rights Movement at Bethel AME Church. Because that's why I
4: started. No, I'm serious. I started a Civil Rights Movement. I used to go to 730 Mass.
2: Okay, it's always the tell with him when he's lying. He says, no joke, or I'm serious, because he knows he's lying.
4: Because that's why I started a so, civil... No, I'm serious. I started a civil rights movement. I used to go to 730
2: Mass. I started the civil rights movement, a, a white guy. Can you imagine if Trump said that? Oh, my God. Or any Republican... All right. So, Joe Biden, y'all. By the way, do you know what he was actually doing during that time period? He was actually a noted segregationist. He's the only one left living like of the great segregationist from that period. As late as 1979, he was giving interviews, 1979, 1980, 1981, to PBS suggesting we keep segregation because black people would be happier in their own churches and schools. Now he says he went to a black church and started a civil rights movement. You can't make this up, but Nikki Haley, who is the bigger liar this week? Oh my, this woman. She, so yesterday... She, she has said over and over and over and over. She came to politics because she went to see Hillary Clinton speak. She was so inspired by Hillary. Just loved her. And even though she didn't know if she was a Democrat or Republican, she told uh, Vogue in an interview, she knew she wanted to be in politics after meeting Hillary. I don't think she still knows if she's a Democrat or Republican. But her and Joe do have the same Democrat voters. So there's that. But Nikki Haley this weekend was asked by Fox News, hey, you, you know, you were inspired to run by Hillary Clinton. Could you explain that she lies? She says, "No, I wasn't. No, I, I never said that. That didn't. No, I didn't say that." Well, she's asked about it again yesterday in Iowa, and she tells the lie again. Listen to how she tells it. If you have to lie to win, you don't deserve to win. I never said Hillary Clinton was an inspiration. <laughs> Okay, problem is, people are fact-checking this now, she did it at least five times, including writing it in her book, which she then read for audiobooks. So you'll hear some of that in the middle of here. Here's Nikki Haley on how Hillary Clinton is her inspiration. You know, I often say that the reason I got into politics was because of Hillary Clinton. I didn't know her, although I had met her several years before at a women's professional event in Greenville, South Carolina. At that event, she had inspired me to run for office and make my voice heard, and in some ways, she remained inspiring. She is actually the reason that I made the jump.
3: Because you write about her being a big inspiration for you.
2: I went with my friend Eleanor Kitsman to a firm and leadership program where Hillary Clinton was speaking, and I walked out of there and I said, I'm running for office. Which is exactly what she told Vogue. She also told Vogue she didn't know if she's Democrat or Republican. Again, she still doesn't. So, wait, Nikki, tell us again about your record about Hillary. I never said she was an inspiration. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. She ain't all there, folks. Something's wrong with this woman. I have been telling you this for years. She ain't right up there. By the way, she doesn't just change points of view and entire parts of her biography and just lie. She changes personalities, too, apparently, depending on what state she's in. But look, the structure of it is really pretty amazing that Iowa starts it. You change personalities, you go into New Hampshire and they continue it on. Something and by the wrong time with her. To- Something wrong with this woman. I hope Republican voters figured out. She cannot come in second to Trump because I'm telling you they're going to put him in prison. We do not want her standing there if he gets knocked down. We do. That's their plan. I was saying they're going to succeed. I don't know. But that's their plan. We do not want her heir apparent. What a disaster. This is why the Democrats are funding her and Joe Biden. So who is the bigger liar? Nikki Haley or Joe Biden? Hmm. I do have to take the break to think about that. What do you think? 71307 is the text line. And this is what the people are saying on the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line, which is 71307. Hey, Tara, I'm 17 and a senior in high school. Dude, really? And you're listening to this show? call me sometime. It'd be fascinating to talk to you. I'm 17 and a senior in high school. I must be a novelty because I'm a front person for a very popular cover band in the upstate while attending boarding school. I have to have so many skills to perform, talk to fans, text, email, deal with some crazy people. Uh, a few too many drinks. People falling on me. Uh, I had a network to get the position. I have to keep my name on the band front and center. I, I do agree that most kids my age can't do any of these things. Everyone is shocked at my skills that my parents and I just consider being a good human. Good, for, you know what? Good point there. A lot of these skills they're saying Gen Z doesn't have. They're basic humanity skills. If you're a good person, it'll come to you. Anyway, good for me in the future, but sad to think about my generation. Yes, it is. Okay, so who is the bigger liar? Folks, what you're seeing right now is why Nikki Haley never has come on this station. Never sat down with me, not in 10 years. Won't do it. She was, folks, if you think about it, why are we finding out what a weirdo liar she is right now? Because she was never anywhere when she was South Carolina governor. She did the ribbon cuttings. She did the highly scripted interviews, but very few of them, usually with hands-off news organizations who would play her game, which was you only ask the question; she gives you, no follow-ups. Because she couldn't handle it, folks. And now you're finding out why her staffers had to put a buffer between me and her, had to put a buffer between you and her, had to put a buffer between, well, basic humanity and her. The lies are nuts, she doubled down yesterday. Texter writes, Um, Joe is an impulsive liar. Nikki is the most dangerous liar. Another texter writes, Who is a bigger liar, Nikki Haley or Joe Biden? Easy. Mickey Haley. Mickey Haley, because she wants Disney here, is the female version of Joe Biden. They are yin and yang, dumb and dumber, blind, leading the blind. Okay.